All right, and welcome back, everyone. This is another edition of the Betting Filter Podcast, a sports handicapping podcast primarily covering college athletics. Today's episode, we'll be reviewing last Saturday in college hoops as well as looking ahead to this coming Saturday's card uh, where we might find some value there. And uh, But yeah, before we get into all of that, we can uh, go ahead and knock the plugs out of the way. That is, you can follow me on Twitter at Betting Filter. That's the quickest way to get my plays as they are being released. Uh, you can also follow my blog at bettingfilter.wordpress.com. I do apologize for those of you who follow that specifically. Um, I forgot to post uh, the blog post for last Saturday's action. Uh, it slipped my mind. I had uh, posted on Reddit and, of course, on Twitter and then uh, forgot to post on uh, on the blog. I might go back and do a, uh, a post dated and just, uh, you know, with results listed or whatever. But um, uh, you can also find I had someone uh, PM me on Reddit asking for my uh, Action Network uh, URL to follow uh, that account there, and you can do that. I believe it's um, the betting filter. Um, so if you have any issues or you you want me to send you a link to that, um, but that should be right. That should get you to the right um, spot. But let's get right into um, the review from last Saturday, and really we'll just stick to the one premier game and I think it'll kind of transition us into uh, talking about some of these top 10 teams and just kind of uh, you know look ahead looking ahead to uh, March Madness and uh, you know who who I'm kind of leaning towards uh, backing if if I were to uh, kind of go out of the way and get some of these future prices um, which I'm probably not all that interested in but um, I would probably rather just do uh, money line rollovers as you can kind of see how the, uh, the uh, uh, the matchups are uh, in real time, but um, yeah, but we can get into that matchup. Uh, Duke Virginia, probably the, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that that was the biggest game of the college basketball season to this point. I know Duke Gonzaga early in the year um, was a very good game, but uh, you know this one, though, you know neither team could hit a shot from behind the arc. I mean, just almost laughable. Uh, Duke, uh, let's see, they were something like let me pull it up real quick two two of 14 uh virginia was three of 17 now uh, much more out of character uh you know for for uh virginia who's a top 15 uh team in the country uh from behind the arc and then you have duke is you know it wasn't really all that surprising they've really struggled to shoot the three you know in quite a few games this year they're 293rd uh, in the country uh, from three, so you know that that's kind of been their wart as uh, the three-point shooting and also their defensive rebounding at times. Um, you know, but I think you know th- there's a lot of positives to take from both sides in this game. I mean, the the fact that uh, Duke was able to do what they um, did without Trey Jones. I mean, it just further highlights how good uh, Zion. And uh, R.J. Barrett have been, I think, um, just really impressive. I mean, if you don't like isolation basketball, you might not have enjoyed it quite as much. And uh, I don't really think it was as sloppy as uh, people thought. I think it was more of the missed open shots and um, isolation that kind of turned people, uh, or the people that did have negative things to say, I think that's uh, partly why. But, I, I mean, looking at these teams, like I said, I think they're, uh, you know, 1A and 1B at this point, 
Um, there's some argument to be made there. There's some, you know, really good teams out, um, you know, as we'll, as we'll talk about here in a little bit um, uh, with the top ten. But, um, yeah, just overall, I think Tony Bennett has to be really um, – you know, impressed with uh, how they performed at Cameron Indoor against that, uh, you know, where you could say that they're, you know, severely uh, overmatched from a talent perspective, but just not from a, a team perspective. I think that, uh, you know, like I said, they were three of um, three of 17 from three. Uh, if they're closer to even five or 10 percent below uh, their season average of 39 percent I think that um you know they probably upset Duke and win that game and I think the players probably take a lot of confidence from that um you know knowing that they went toe-to-toe with essentially what some people feel are the top three picks for this coming NBA draft um in Cameron Indoor you had a poor shooting night and you still almost won so um you know, also, I mean, depending on how much weight you put into this, uh, the distraction of an undefeated season is now, um, you know, out of the picture. So, uh, you know, one less distraction for Tony Bennett to have to deal with. Um, uh, but, yeah, that that should do it for that little preview. As far as betting on that game, uh, we took Virginia plus four at .8 units and uh, Virginia on the money line at plus 155 for 0.2 units. So we ended up coming out positive there. Uh, you know, I, I didn't expect to have any action on that game. That's why we didn't cover it in the podcast last weekend. Um, you know, I believe the number opened maybe two and a half or three, which is very close to my buy point. But anytime you get around that many key numbers or that cluster of key numbers uh, specifically, I'm I'm very strict with the, the numbers that I do grab. Um, I, I thought that... Um, you know that um, the initial move from three or two and a half to three down to like one one and a half um obviously there was uh no reason to buy virginia at that point um you know i almost uh, i believe i replied or um, you know uh, some you know somebody that i consider sharp uh took virginia plus three uh and not long after that market moved pretty heavily um you know, I respected that opinion. I uh, and I was like, you know, that you know, though that wasn't my buy point. Um, uh, you know, it's good to see somebody that, uh, who, like I said, who I consider sharp uh, on the plus three. And then uh, when we actually got Duke buyback, or the you know the number shifted back towards uh, you know Duke at uh, minus four, I just felt like I had to had to get in there, um, especially with Trey Jones out for the first time. Uh, you know, it was a little bit, um, I felt like that was some extra value, but it ended up, uh, Duke played, you know, a hell of a game. And, um, for those of you that, uh, were on the opposite side, if you had Duke minus one and a half, you also covered. So it's just one of those really tight games where, um, you know, maybe even could have middled it, but I, I don't, um, I didn't really see value in Duke at minus one and a half. Uh, as I said, I even bet the, um, I bet the Virginia money line just thought there was, um, you know, a chance that they pulled it off there, but they didn't. Um, regardless, let's go ahead and move on. That's too much on one game here. We can jump over and look at some of the um, national title odds um, on five dimes right now. Uh, now, uh, you know, I have not run a model as far as, uh, you know, postseason play is concerned. I think that, um, 
you know, so all of this um, that I'm about to say is, you know, qualitative based, just uh, f- uh, more of a gut feeling and um, kind of looking at overall ranks and then kind of how that, that translates to some of the available odds. Um, it looks like there's a few outliers. That doesn't necessarily mean that the price is right. Uh, that's always very important because there's a lot of VIG oftentimes in some of these numbers, um, unless they're just way off. Um, but, uh, you know, some people just like grabbing some of these, especially these uh, bigger odds. Like, you know, we'll start with Purdue. I mean, I think that's a top 10 team, and you've got them quite uh, quite a bit down the list here. Uh, the worry is their defense, but, um, you know, I'll, you give me that uh, experience and that coaching staff, Carson Edwards there uh, in the tournament, I'll feel pretty good, especially at 80 to 1, what they're, uh, which is where they're at right now. Um, as far as buy point, I guess, um, could that number go down significantly in the future? I guess if they upset um, Michigan State this weekend on Sunday, um, that number could go down. But, um, you know, if they end up losing that or, yeah, I don't know. The 80 to 1 just seems like a, a little long to me, uh, just on first glance. Another team that I'm pretty interested in right now is Michigan State at 15 to 1, I think. Um, just the you know this looks like a money year for uh, for Tom Izzo here Um, you know you've got I think it's you know when you have a um, a player like Cassius Winston uh, who's able to you know not only create his own shot off the dribble but is uh, very creative and um, great court vision and high IQ I think that goes a long way in the tournament Um, probably the my third favorite team behind Duke and Virginia so um, all, all that kind of adds up to um, you know me having some some real interest in them especially at 15 to 1 um, but yeah that'll that'll do it for the um, the futures uh, segment we'll, we'll move into uh, Sunday's slate um, you know I'm, I'm recording this now on Saturday this the second portion of the podcast because uh, we, we had a little delay here in my uh, schedule on Friday. I was unable to record, so we'll be previewing uh, some of Sunday's games instead of Saturday, as well as some, uh, probably some of uh, Monday and maybe even Tuesday's games, depending on uh, what we can get in here. But uh, let's move right into it. We can look at North Florida on the road at Florida Gulf Coast. I think... Um, you know, more than anything in this game. Well, we'll start with just, you know, North Florida in general. Uh, this is a team we're 2-0 and in backing ATS so far, uh, but that was really early in the season. I kind of, you know, once we got a little bit more um, kind of on their profile, it's kind of, you know, uh, kind of scared me away a little bit. They, uh, you know, they turn the ball over on offense, um, at a pretty high clip, and they don't really rebound that well defensively or force turnovers. Um, uh, you know, on the bright side, though, they uh, they have been pretty effective. Um, top 100 in effective field goal percentage on both sides, on uh, offense and defense. So, uh, you know, uh, they've done uh, very well there. Um, you know, they kind of lived and died on the three. I mean, they shoot uh, – the three-point rate's 45.8%, which puts them in the top 25 in the nation. Uh, as far I mean, they're, they're only hitting 33% on 
Uh, but they definitely, like I said, very high variance team based on the fact that they shoot so many um, threes per game. Um, you know, it's just tough to inv invest your money in something like that. But I think we've got a good matchup here against uh, Florida Gulf Coast just because uh, you look at at their profile and uh, very similar in uh, some respects. They they also turn the ball over a lot, don't rebound all that well defensively, and um, but also they don't really attack the offensive glass as much as uh, Florida go. Uh, uh, excuse me, as uh, uh, North Florida will do. Uh, so I think they should be able to capitalize there. And then you look at uh, Florida Gulf Coast uh, three point defense. Uh, one of the worst in the country or in D1. So, uh, you know, if, you know, North Florida is able to um, have a decent night shooting, they should get some good looks, uh, you would think, against uh, this team here on the road. Now, you go back early, earlier in the season, um, that definitely panned out. Uh, North Florida hit 15 to 31 from three uh, in that game and ended up winning by 21. Um, now that's a little unsustainable. That was one of uh, North Florida's best performances of the year. I wouldn't expect that, uh, especially on the road. But uh, overall, if we can get a good number, um, maybe plus three and a half, uh, maybe plus three, uh, I would be looking at backing North Florida uh, in this one. It'll be interesting to see where the market comes out based on uh, just that last performance between the two alone. Um, yeah, should be. We might not in, uh, end up getting any value on this, but um, that'll be my buy point plus three and a half or plus three on North Florida. We'll jump from there to Oregon hosting Washington State. Now, uh, uh, all of you, uh, I'm sure know that Oregon did lose Bowl Bowl, um, maybe maybe six games ago, something like that. Um, huge hit. I mean, he was their best player, one of the better big men in the country. 7-2, uh, really miss his uh, presence in the paint uh, as far as block shots. And just if you look at him, I mean, he had a 63% uh, true shooting percentage. Uh, just a, a real difference maker that they lost. Also, he was shooting 52% from three. Uh, that was only on 25 attempts. But just, uh, you know, a real talent uh, that they're having to uh, now uh, get used to with, uh, playing without him. Uh it hasn't been uh, that great for them from a, a win-loss perspective, but it's, it's been a pretty tough slate um, to have to endure since losing him. Uh, that should change here against Washington State at home. This looks like a get-right game for Oregon. They still have uh, Peyton Pritchard, Paul White, uh, Kenny Wooten. I think that um, they'll you know regain their balance at some point. Uh, you know, as far as the NCAA tournament goes for this team, I'm not sure that. You're looking at much of an opportunity unless they can pull off some upset wins or make a run in the Pac-12 tournament, um, which is very possible. There doesn't look to be one, uh, you know, anybody that really scares you there uh, in the Pac-12 this year. But, um, you know, Washington State here, just um, th their defense is really, really bad. Um, I don't expect them to, uh, you know, uh, looking at what they've done on the road, um, they just lost to Oregon State by 13. Um, before that, 18 to Utah, 32 to uh, Colorado. They just they haven't played well on the road. D 
defensive numbers have been scary bad. Um, this is it just looks like a, a get-right game where you get a buy low on Oregon against a really bad defense. And um, as far as a buy point, Oregon minus 11. I'm not sure if we'll get that. I might uh, get a little greedy um, and raise that that buy point, but just because I like the situational spot for Oregon. But we'll see. Um, as of right now, my tentative buy point on this game is minus 11. Let's jump from there all the way up to Tuesday. Uh, I'm looking at Pitt on the road at Clemson. Um, you know, both of these teams are in action uh, today on Saturday as I record this. So um, the model will change on the buy point for this game. So I'll kind of hold off there. But I'll just talk a little bit about uh, both these teams. First off, it should probably be mentioned... Uh, just how good of a job Jeff Capel has done at, at Pittsburgh, turning them around from what they were uh, just one year ago. Now, I know last year's team was very, very young, uh, and that definitely helped this, uh, uh, this you know, expedite this, uh, this, their progress. But, um, you know, it's, it's amazing really what they've done on the year. You look uh, against the spread and then uh, early in the season, and, and now you look at what they've done. Uh, early on in conference play, uh, like a you know killer's row of games to start. We'll, I mean, we'll just go through these: North Carolina, Louisville, NC State, Florida State, Syracuse, Duke. Uh, now they're playing Louisville here on Saturday again, but um, already upset uh, Louisville and Florida State on the year. Uh, two really good wins for this program. Uh, as of right now, it doesn't really look like they'll be a tournament team, um, but uh, nonetheless. Uh, a very good team, like I said, very good ATS, top 20 um, defense right now by a lot of metrics. Uh, do a really good job of turning you over, uh, turning you over. The only real weakness that they have to this point is, um, I guess their three-point shooting hasn't been all that uh, all that good, but uh, their defensive rebounding has been a, a real concern. Um, uh, whether Clemson will be able to take advantage of that, I'm not. Uh, all that sure they don't um you know, it's not like a priority um uh for the for Brad uh Brownell uh you know to really push the offensive glass he might you know make it a focal point here in this game but um yeah, you know, overall it's just Clemson has not been very good ATS they they've been kind of disappointing on the year um their one lone um win so far in ACC play was at home against Georgia Tech um, and, uh, you know, they also played, you know, pretty well on the road at Florida State last time out, uh, weren't able to get the uh, win, uh, big second half collapse there, um, but, you know, so you're coming off two pretty good performances from Clemson, maybe a little bit of a sell high point here, um, you know, I'm not exactly sure, um, that they match up all that well with Pittsburgh. Now, we'll see how they uh, come out of this NC State game on Saturday. Um, as I said earlier, both of those games um, will change uh, the model for the buy point. But if we're able to get Pittsburgh with a, a pretty a pretty big number here, not, not big number, but a pretty um, uh, decent number, maybe a plus nine or so, um, you know, I like the Panthers here on the road. I just think that you know both teams are uh, you know fairly strong uh, defensively um, and struggle at times on the offensive end. Uh, you know maybe a 
uh, a lower scoring game if you want to look at the uh, the under uh, possibly a buy point around um, that's interesting maybe 130 yeah maybe 130 it should be a fairly low scoring game um, but yeah we'll uh yeah Pitt's Pitt's just a team that um, something they get lost on the offensive end sometimes and turnovers can be an issue uh the question for me is just it, will Clemson make them pay and I'm not all that sure that they will just because uh Clemson also has a lot of turnover issues and um uh, Pitt is going to really force that um force that issue because they're you know they're top 30 and and uh turnover rate on the year so um they're just, you know, I would not be surprised at all to see Pitt, you know, upset them outright. If we can get a good number here, I'm definitely interested in it. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to take anything away from uh, Clemson necessarily. I think, you know, they're still the top 50 team in the country. Um, you know, decent shot to make the tournament maybe. Um, I think um, projections right now are, you know, maybe a 10 seed, about 20% chance to make it. But, um you know, I, I overall, I just think that this could be a, a you know, kind of a sell high point um, on them. But yeah, let's go from there to um, Georgia on the road at Arkansas. This game will also be on Tuesday. Um, and once again, um, both of these teams have a game uh, between now and then. Uh, both play on Saturday. Arkansas's uh, on the road against Texas Tech. Um, and Georgia is, I believe, at home against Texas. Yeah, um, we'll start with Georgia. This is the side I'm leaning here. Uh, you know, tentative buy point, maybe a plus ten. Um, you know, Georgia is kind of similar to uh, Pitt in a sense. They got a first-year head coach that's had head coaching experience, and Tom Crean uh, play. You know, pretty strong defense. Uh, they don't force as many turnovers as Pitt. Um, uh, but they do a uh, you know a really good job of attacking the offensive glass, getting to the free throw line. Um, uh, so th- I mean they're just gonna uh, they should I say uh, you know create some uh, second chance opportunities for themselves and uh, you know uh, punish Arkansas for what uh, they kind of uh, get in trouble at times hacking, uh, putting people on the line. Um, 294th in the country right now at uh, defensive free throw rate. So, uh, you know, if you're catching 10 points and, um, you know, it, well, I'll say this about Arkansas, though, that while they do, um, you know, do a poor job rebounding and kind of hacking in the lane, uh, that aggressiveness and physicality ha- – um, for them has uh, translated to a pretty strong defense, uh, roughly uh, top 60 in the country, um, a little bit better in some metrics, including forcing turnovers, top 45 in the country. So, um, you know, they can create some issues. The fact they're at home here, uh, you know, is good. But overall, uh, like I said, Georgia does a really good jo- job of getting to the free throw line. Um and creating second chance opportunities on the offensive glass. Arkansas can't rebound defensively. Um, and, uh, it, you know, if this game comes down to, uh, you know, if it's a, you know, 
a fairly close game, and then it comes down to free throws towards the end. Arkansas, 323rd in the country at free throw percentage at 64.5%. Um, you know, that's all. That's always, uh, you know, tough to to swallow here. And I think it's a big reason why they haven't been why they haven't been very good against the spread uh, this season. Um, the worry from um, Georgia's standpoint here is that uh, you know you just turn the ball over too many times and uh, against a, a really stout defense, uh, and you just don't score enough to for the free throws and the second chance opportunities to really to help you out. But if we're catching ten here, I I feel decent about uh, about where we sit going uh, out on Tuesday night with uh, the Bulldogs. But we'll uh, wrap up after uh, one more game real quick. Uh, I wasn't expecting to talk about this game. I just saw the line pop up, um, and that's the Florida State-Miami uh, game in Miami. Uh, opening line on at Bet Online is Florida State minus four. So, uh, you know, my lean here would be the Hurricanes at home plus the four. If you look back at the, their matchup in Tallahassee earlier in the year, um, you know they they kind of played them tight. Uh, I think yeah, Florida State ended up winning that game, uh, 68-62, so a six point win. Um, but the game was uh, fairly close uh, mo- most uh, yeah most of the way through that game, um, despite Miami only shooting four of eighteen um, from three. Uh, it's a little bit surprising because they've been you know in the top one hundred. Uh, in uh, three-point uh, percentage uh, so far this year, and you look at Florida State, uh, you know the strength of their defense is in the paint. They have struggled on closeouts and uh, giving up the three uh, at points in uh, in time this year. So uh, it's interesting um, uh, that the line came out as high as it did. Uh, there's a lot of respect just, uh, in the market right now, I guess, for Florida State because of their um, their bounce-back win uh, against Clemson, who um, you know, is obviously a better team than uh, than Miami right now. But, uh, you know, also if you kind of look at Florida State ATS uh, on the year, uh, pretty poor, uh, not, not quite as poor as Miami has been. So uh, I guess that's the concern. Maybe that's why we're seeing such a, um, t- for to me, which looks like uh, possibly a, a number that's out of line. Uh, I expected this to be closer to a pick'em, so getting a four-point um, swing the opposite way. Uh, you know, I'm uh, as a Florida State fan, I, I like it, but I, I don't know if I uh, agree with it at this point. So, those of you who like the Hurricanes, uh, possibly to uh, right the ship here towards it, uh, midway through their uh, ACC schedule and towards the end, um, you know, maybe uh, Larinaga can get them. Uh, going here, still a top 70 unit in the country, uh, only nine and nine on the year, one and five in conference. So, so there's there's definitely uh, definite flaws, and one of those flaws will be their defensive rebounding. Uh, Florida State will definitely attack the offensive glass as they did last time in this matchup. So, um, you know, uh, that's it, that's a really good matchup. I don't think I'll have any money on it just because uh, I don't I don't want any opposite rooting interests uh, for myself. Um, and I don't know if I could trust uh, Miami uh, due to their ATS record. I think they're something like 30-something percent ATS, which is uh, – they've been really poor this year. But, um, 
yeah, that'll do it. Um, a little bit shorter episode today, um, mainly because of how short the card is on Monday, and um, we were able to get a couple in, uh, one or two in from Sunday, one or two in from uh, from Tuesday. So you'll have something to look for there. Um, as always, follow me on Twitter at Betting Filter. That's the fastest way to get my plays as they're released. Uh, also, you can sign up for those same plays. Um, from my blog at bettingfilter.wordpress.com um, you know we had a l- little bit of an emergency here with a pet on Friday that's why I um, was unable to record uh, the podcast yesterday but uh, going forward it should be um, released on Friday nights or early yeah f- probably Friday nights going forward to re- preview the Saturday slate uh, to get a little bit more um, you know uh, topics to uh to discuss so um yeah that uh that'll do it um good luck this weekend we got a pretty pretty big car for those of you who are following along on twitter uh or uh the other mediums but uh yeah good luck and uh i'll be back next week 